Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hey there, I'm Jeff, the Director of Customer Experience at Higher Logic, and uh, I'm excited and I'm I'm coming to you live from my phone right now. I couldn't even I couldn't even get to my computer. But our annual conference, Superforum, is back and registration is now open. Uh, so Superforum 2021 is going to happen from October 19th through the 21st. Uh, it's going to be free. It's going to be virtual. We've looked at paring down the schedule, making sure that you can attend uh, all throughout the days and hopefully find some sessions that are really packed full of insights that are going to help you connect with your customers and members more effectively. Uh, and actually, one of the things is that many of the episodes you've listened to on this podcast have actually been from last year's program. We've tried to repurpose that content and try and use it uh, over the last 12 months. So if you want to learn more, uh, register with the link that is in the podcast description. We're going to drop that in there, and uh, we hope to see you there. Hi, everybody. I bet your email inbox is overflowing right now. I know that mine certainly is, and it's probably the same for your members, too. The competition in the inbox is stiff. So how do you cut through the noise when you want to reach your members? HireLogic's resident email marketing experts, Beth Errett and Vivian Spartinsky, you've heard them on the show before, recently joined us for a webinar where they shared 30 email tips in 30 minutes. Definitely a fast-paced session. And today we're going to bring it to the podcast. They cover email tips that you might already know about but don't always do, and things that you may never have heard of before, maybe totally brand new. Before we jump in, you might hear Beth and Viv refer to specific designs or emails during the show. So we link those slides in the episode's resources. There's some pretty cool examples in there, so make sure you check them out. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to Beth and Viv. Hi, everybody. Um, welcome. I'm Beth Errett. I am an association strategist here at Higher Logic. But in my past life, I spent a lot of time in associations, including the last seven years at AAAE before coming over to HireLogic a few months back. Uh, today, we're gonna to be taking a speed course through 30 tips that you may or may not know how to use in email marketing. We're gonna cover 30 tips in close to 30 minutes, give or take a few. Um, I can talk a lot. It's gonna be very quick, um, some of them with more details than others. And I'm here with my colleague, Vivian Swarczynski. Viv, do you want to give them a quick intro and your background? Absolutely. Um, some of you may know me. I've been around for a little bit. Um, came into the HireLogic family about seven years ago. And before that, um, had a career in email marketing, working with a lot of for-profit and non-profit brands, uh, which you'll probably see sprinkled throughout this session today. So really excited to be here, excited to go through these tips, um, jot notes down as we go through them on things that you want us to expand on at the end of the, of the webinar in the question area. Um, so um, we're gonna get started. So as it says, 30 email tips in 30 minutes, let's go. So tip one, this one is really obvious and yet it sometimes gets lost as emails go through revisions and approvals and more people, everybody wants to add something. So we all recognize this whole classic, do you like me note from childhood romance? Do you like me check yes or no? So when you're writing your emails, keep that in mind. When all is said and done, 
does your email clearly and succinctly as and as succinctly as possible um, demonstrate what you want to say or ask and what are the options for the response um, and by the way this keep it short and simple that includes the subject line keep in mind a lot more people are reading on their email than used to, or on their email on their phone than used to and you have a very short window for your subject line all right pre-headers yes yeah, so pre-headers so friendly from your subject line and your pre-header those are the three things that you're going to see in your inbox and, and i think of them as working together you have you know three opportunities to write make a good first impression and i love pre-headers because they can really expand on your subject line so hey here we've got this event and then you can really dial in using the pre-header in this example to call out exactly when the event event is now you can choose to have that pre-header which is the first line of text in your message be visible when someone actually clicks through the message or if you say i really just want that to support the subject line in the inbox but i'd really rather not have that just make the font the same color as your email background and it'll just wash out and won't be visible in the HTML when you're actually looking at the email itself. It still could be visible in the text version, but the fact is that if you'd rather not have that part there when they actually click it open, you can, you can have it. So it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, just keep two things in mind. One, if somebody's using dark mode on the computer, it may or may not work. It may still show up. I see them sometimes because I use, tend to use dark mode on my email. The other is that it will show up in the text message or the text version of the message if you have anybody getting text versions, particularly in, um, I think all .mil, yeah, all .mil addresses should be defaulting to um, text because that is the only thing that will get through, for example. Um, so just keep that in mind when you put it in there that some people still will see it. So then we have test everything. And I do mean everything. Look at all of the personalization, click every single link if you look on here 27 different links on here should you test them all yes um even the ones that you think they're fine because you're in your template did you make the template when was the last time you checked it it's kind of like that whole when you get to the uh, airport and they used to ask you um did you pack your own bag has anyone touched it since um same type of thing test every single one of your links every phone number um, I definitely have a, a phone number horror story. Um, I uh, once copied and pasted something that the sales director sent to me um, and started and sent it out and um, found out that he had done 800 instead of 888. And the 800 number was actually um, an uh, advertisement for a, um, let's just say a 900 phone number that we didn't want to send our member that was not really consistent with the family values of our product. Let's just put it that way. Um, so yeah, uh, test your phone numbers, call the phone number, make sure that somebody didn't make a mistake typing it in. Um, so yeah, and the same thing happens with .gov versus .com. If you haven't heard about the whitehouse.com horror story, don't Google it on a work computer. Um, so next, Viv. yeah. Continuity between email and website. Um, you know, not only is it super important to be recognizable and have brand continuity throughout, but if your website is designed a specific way, if you're using icons, if you're using images or colors, or, you know, folks, you're training your audience to be able to, oh, I'm looking for this. Um, I know where to find it. And so this is an example of in the fermenter is actually the email. Um, and then 
you know, the, the brewing knowledge and, and the homebrew recipes and the types of things that you're seeing is, is mimicking the website. And so that continuity can do a lot for having your audience be able to drill right to the specific content that they're looking for. So then um, color and text can do the same type thing. It can definitely help your, keep your content organized and accessible as well. Um, this one, I think Viv, this is one of yours, yeah, where they were using different colors on their website the same way as they use them in the email, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, again, you're training your audience to be able to self-serve so easily. Hey, if I'm looking for professional development and I know that that's kind of purple because I've seen it, you know, my eyes are naturally going to go to the purple. Um, if I'm looking for more leadership content, you know, it, it's kind of that, you know, it's it's matching all of the ways in which we remember information, both in colors and, and context and, and whatnot. And so it's familiar ground. And that's the point is to be able for the for that continuity between website and email is that they they're seeing people can seamlessly come from one to the other and dive into exactly what they're looking for. So um, it's always good to include two, at least two calls to action. Sometimes it's more, but don't just give them one option. Um, for example, in this case, you know, it was an, uh, a membership email and you had the option to learn more for those people who weren't quite ready to buy or needed more information or for the people who were like, oh yeah, no, I want to go ahead and join. You had an option for that. Um, and something that think people don't always think about is even if those go to the same thing, the same page, um, you know how many people wanted to learn more, which is how many people were already ready to join just because you know what they clicked on. So even if you have multiple links going to the same page, it helps to like name the link label just a little bit different so you know where they actually clicked from. Gets you a lot of information on what they're looking for. Yeah. And another thing I'd like to add just, but one, one other thing is that, you know, for what is someone's next best step, right? So I might need a little bit more information before I'm ready to make a decision. So whenever you have an opportunity to, hey, am I, is that the right course for me? Um, we just wanna go for the register, right? The conversion, but there's a decision that needs to make to happen. And so if you can provide a way to, I, I need more info and I'm ready to make a decision, both people have a play there. That's it. <laughs> This is one of my favorites. I love this one. Um, we did this at AAAE um, because we had the ability to do the personalization to make the badge look like the person's badge. Um, and that whole idea that personalization brings visualization. Um, it, the whole idea of psychology of if you can picture yourself there in the room. Um, it's one of the reasons why I like to use um, pictures taken from looking like, from the advantage of someone sitting in a seat because I, I judiciously you don't always want to be looking at the back of somebody's head sometimes you want to see them engaged and things like that but I always like to do at least one or two things for a conference where you look like you're sitting in the seat pretty much because it just gives you that visual visualization and so does having your badge um fun story about this the first time we did it uh, a guy showed up to registration with that email thinking that he was already registered and it was his badge he didn't pay. He didn't pay. <laughs> he did pay. He like on site. He paid on site. Um, but he like came. He's like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm already registered. See, I've got my badge. So um, he didn't read the fine print. Is what he didn't do. He did, however, pay in state though. So it worked out fine. 
That's right. And I love that this is one of yours, but I landed on my turn, so I'm going to speak to it. So if I, I love the fact that um, put justification letters in whenever you can, when someone needs to get business approval to partake in what you're asking them to partake in, you know, it, the onus has been really left on them. How well will they present this to their own organization? How well would they present this to their leadership to be able to get funding to do this? So I love the idea of creating a justification letter where it's just a form letter and you've kind of done all the work, hard work for them and they can just plunk in their specific information, download it, make it downloadable and each and every time you're inviting them to something, right? And then they can fill it out and, and do it. So I love that that I, I love this whole idea and it works well for not only conferences, but anytime you've got to, someone's got to spend money and they need approval to do so. Membership, it works great for membership. Justify my membership, why am I paying for this? Um, and it even works for sponsorship and exhibits in a slightly different way. Uh, a couple of years ago at AAA, we actually went out to the sponsors and exhibitors and said, you know, what do you actually use this prospectus for that we spent so much time building? And a nice big long, uh, marketing prospectus for the annual conference that we all tend to have and like we'll really just cut and paste some pieces and put it in a PowerPoint and we're like well what would be more useful is it the PowerPoint so we stopped doing this expensive long process with the designed PowerPoint with designed on um, um, book and we actually gave them um, a PowerPoint that they could download and just slide in to get approval for the um, money and it was it hugely successful and led to a whole campaign that we did too that was amazing, um, that was really helpful. So, you know, sometimes you have to think about what's gonna be the best marketing piece to give the person in order to get what you need, which is their money. Let's face it, that's what you need. I love this one. I loved their whole branding for this. Um, I saw the website when it was first done because um, a, a friend of mine at a company that had, had designed it and it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, but I love the idea of, you know, instead of a bulleted list, they communicated in color. Um, they've got the whole three easy registration options, three day conference pass, a one day conference pass, a one day expo pass. It's very easy to read. Um, it's very easy to understand exactly what you're looking at. So it's just, it's, it's a gorgeous email of the design of it too. So just yeah. beautifully. It, I love it because it conveys so much information and so little with, yeah. with so little text. Yeah, yeah, and I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming you could click on any one of those so they could immediately tell on the back end which one people were interested in. Absolutely. Because I could see triggering entire campaigns off of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really cool. So much potential. Yeah. Um, Viv, I yeah, love this. Yeah, one of my old customers, Urban Outfitters are so cool. Um, you know, they were so good about recognizing inactivity. And when someone, you know, had gone, and for them, it may have only been like 60 days. I mean, it, 90 days maybe, but it was it was pretty tight. Um, if someone was not opening, they were more interested in just really communicating to people who were engaging with their messages. So it wasn't about the size of the list for them. It was really about engagement. Um, this I love, it, you know, it speaks to their audience, looks like a text message, it was a full-fledged email. Um, and these are marketers who, you know, maybe this isn't the way they talk, right? But this is the way their audience is, is really knowing your audience and delivering something that just resonates with them. Um, so this always was a very popular one. And, and so many, I mean, this turned people around, like, nah, I'm back in, I'm back in, you know? So thought you would all enjoy this one. 
I love that one. It's just the whole look of it is just so perfect for the audience at the time too. Exactly. Um, yeah. So then, you know, when it comes down to subscribing and unsubscribing, do you want to just make that the only option? Like, is the only thing at the bottom unsubscribe? Is that really what you want to do? Um, there's so much more you could do. You could do it, um, you know, instead of like, you know, goodbye. How about if I say, you know, I want an email. I want every email you send just to digest, just like you would with a newsletter or with a, um, a community. Um, I want one email newsletter a week. I want one a month. Or just completely unsubscribe me for everything except transact. Um, I do love the sad faces on this one. <laughs> so, I know. I just love the human element element of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, again, you've got that person that that visualization because you're picturing somebody on the other end reading this, going, "Oh, you're leaving." Okay. So, so you know, it's a lot harder to hit that unsubscribe me button unless you're in a mood for some reason, it's a lot harder to hit that button um, if you've got those sad faces staring at you, right? It's like, you might as well just put four puppy dogs with bleeding eyes on there. <laughs> yeah, so if you can offer cadence, offer cadence. If you can offer preferences, offer preferences. So you're gonna honor whatever you can do. So, you know, it, it's really up to you to say, it doesn't have to be goodbye, but this is what I could offer. You know, we could manage this. So is it different topics? Um, so is a preference about the different topics or it, you know, so offer what you can and what you can honestly honor and manage. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can do it by interest. Um, okay. you know, I love how this one has the different images that sort of helps you like your eye go to exactly what you're interested in. I think that's super cool. Not always something that's possible. Um, but in this case, it obviously it works really right right yeah in this space it works but i mean any images that you could have that represent the different topics that you cover it, it could still be a, a more playful way to to convey information um so the other piece is like trust by verify uh, trust but verify this is um uh, an email from you campaign which is another way to offer offer um uh, options instead of unsubscribing or even changing your preferences just mute only the annual conference just mute only this year's giving tuesday but only for that year it's a it's a great option to offer like on a micro level in a relatively easy way to manage um but it's a fact of life that people will often forward promo emails to their colleagues sometimes those colleagues will click on mute they'll click on update preferences they'll click on unsubscribes so depending on your system you might not be able to send a confirmation email of an unsubscribe but on mutes and preference updates, you absolutely can in almost every situation. Um, and it's nice, it's a nice confirmation for those who did mute to say, yep, see, got it, not sending you another one. But it's also a nice way to make sure that the people who had others do it for them by accident are aware. Um, we've had people come back before and say, uh, I didn't change my preferences or I didn't, I didn't do this. Somebody else must have done that. Um, and they would have never known otherwise, and they would have never gotten the message, the rest of the messages. So I find that uh trust. But verify, assume, just make sure that the person who unsubscribed or muted is actually the person who meant to do it. Right, that that was a, right, a, a real choice. So but it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, so this oops, right, so how, this has happened, right? This has happened and it'll probably happen again. And you're like, oh man, I hit this done button. I can't believe it's the first name. And you're, you're the cringe factor, right? People will get over it. Um, if it's a mistake that is going to be obvious, just own it, 
carry it on, carry on, right? But own it. Um, if it's a mistake that only you know, oh, that 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 wasn't the image we had we had selected. No one knows that. Okay, so just the ones that you have to speak to, speak to. Um, but remember that if you do make a mistake with something like a tracked link, you can fix it. Yes. Um, like this. There you go. You could easily change that. Say the tickets are now, are now on sale went to last year by accident. You could easily fix that um, and change it to uh, the correct link. I will say one thing about this one. It almost looks like those three women are laughing as they made this mistake and they don't actually care so much. So I don't know that I would have chosen that picture, but I also am probably overthinking it. <laughs> All oh, right. Go for it. Okay, keep them engaged. Um, so when folks are downloading information um, and you do have a form and you're capturing that that download, you know, a follow up with, hey, thank you for downloading this. We hope that that was, you know, um, provided you with a lot of value. Um, you also may be interested in this. Here's our newest, our latest, um, in a, you know, blog or our latest guide or, or whatnot. So being able to, you know, thank them but offer them their a next best step to take. You, you that's helpful, right? I, I know that I've read a blog and then got another blog and then it was like, oh, now that I see other, I want to read that, I want to read that. And like, I thought I was going to read one thing, I read three things in one sitting. Um, so if you're not, this might be a missed opportunity if you're, if you're just collecting the name but not doing anything with it. Offer them their next best step. Yeah, and you can do it immediately with a response or you can drop them to a campaign that just sort of gives them breadcrumbs over a period of time to try and lead them down a path. There's the quick rabbit hole and then there's the breadcrumbs so um both are incredibly effective um so the other thing you could do is um you can automate reminders to complete transactions um if, as you can see this one um false graph has you know your card selections are waiting um be sure to complete your shopping today i've gotten some from um some retailers where they tell me exactly what's in my cart which frankly even as a marketer kind of creeps me out a little bit um, and I know like for trip, example at AAAE, um, one thing we couldn't see was what someone had in their cart. Mm -hmm. We had a way of knowing what that what was in there. We just could tell if somebody had something in their cart or they didn't. Um, so doing it this way uh, would be really effective for that. Your cart selections are waiting. Uh, yeah. One of the ways to do that is if you're doing web tracking. I know um, for at least for Real Magnet and Forms, um, and I think I did this with Eloquent too when it was back years ago. Um, you could tell what pages somebody had visited and you could do sort of automated campaigns based around that even if you couldn't see for sure what was in the cart or if they were in the cart. You could kind of see, oh, they went to five pages on the annual conference site. They're clearly interested and you could treat that as, a, um, a abandoned, as, a, as an abandoned cart in the same, and treat it in the same way. And along with next step recommendations, based on the based on what I've done, what would be my next step? Based on what I purchased, what might be a complementary item? Based on the courses that I've taken, what would be my next 
professional development opportunity. So you can think about this in a lot of different ways in the, in the retail sense. It's like, hey, you bought this, you might also like that, but think about it in terms of providing value and helping someone along their career path um, or to reach um, you know, some accreditation or, so, or something. You, know, you can definitely think about how could I point out what their next step is and it's coming this fall, that type of thing. And a lot of times you have the data to actually figure out what that path looks like. So what their next step would be. Um, and you're probably even already pulling those lists periodically to promote those products. But if you think about that and you really do it strategically and about the steps of it, you can automate that. So all year long, um, 24, 7, 365, that's just running underneath, just automatically doing it when somebody hits a certain point or they buy something in particular. Um, it's just, it's a great way to, um I, I like to jokingly call it print money but it's not really that it's just it's a great way to have like marketing support that's just an ai running the programming you gave it and then you also want to recognize milestones um you know if somebody has an anniversary a membership anniversary um if you've got their birthday information things like that you can absolutely you know send a quick note automate this you know Hi there. Obviously, you need some sort of uh, marketing automation or process automation, just to be clear. But yeah, quick note. Hi there. We heard it's your anniversary. Um, here's a birthday. Um, you know, celebrate your birthday. And there's this is the um, one that actually shows how they collected it as well as the little birthday thing. And that's not just external either. Um, at AAAE, we actually had an automated campaign that um, sent everybody a birthday message on their birthday. The um, admin person had been doing it um manually each time and i'm like um i can just automate that for you so it took hours that she'd been spending in some weeks especially in february because like at the time about one third of the employees at AAA were all born in february um it took all of that time that she'd been spending on it and allowed her to do other things while this just worked in the background speaking of automation viv yeah love automated flows right and <laughs> And, and and as we just mentioned, it could be for milestone type things. It could be anytime you want to recognize somebody. It could be, you know, sending, it could be sending one message. Um, it it doesn't need to be the, a, a big automated flow, a whole series. Um, you can automate that, hey, when this behavior happens, I want to respond in this way. And you could set that up so it's not something you have to keep remembering to do. Um, obviously, any type of nurture you know which is more of a drip campaign like i just want to um periodically have outreach to this audience um anything that you're doing in a manual fashion um i would challenge does it have to be done that way or is there an easier way to do it um and, and get the work off your plate whenever you can so so helpful and i will say that one and done where you're like if somebody makes this act takes this activity or takes this action i want to send them an email that works internally as well. Um, just as an example, um, we would send the sales team or the um, exhibit sales team uh, and sponsor sales team emails internally when somebody visits certain things uh, um, on the conference site about exhibiting and sponsoring. Um, it would check, it would pull them in, it would check to see if they were um, somebody who probably wasn't interested and would kick them out, but then it would send an email saying, hey, the person below just went to this site and they knew, oh, okay, this is somebody who might be interested, so it's somebody I might wanna call. Or, hey, um, here's the list of people who opened the, uh, who clicked on the sponsor and exhibitor 
link in the last email. Um, so, oh, okay, here are all the people I probably want to call. So information like that, even for things that aren't direct response, click on it, buy it right then and there, can be a huge help. Subject lines. Um, numbers can be so effective. Um, I know we're all used to the whole clickbait of BuzzFeed or something about where, you know, 10 reasons why you shouldn't wear this bathing suit. Number six will shock you. Um, but the reason you're used to it is because they are effective. You can have this one, 17 sessions, one low price, register today. Very effective. Um, $25 in your pocket. I know I'm open in that one. Uh, seven plus reasons to attend this year. Okay, I know I'm going to get a list of, you know, at least seven reasons. It's not going to just be one reason. Um, Vivian, two steps and you're back. <laughs> is it two steps forward that you take to go back or is it two steps back? I'm confused. Hey, I'm a lapsed member, but you're yeah. telling me, you know, just two steps and I'm back. First step is to renew, but the second step, hey, I'm sitting back at my class where I need to be. So it's awesome. This is this one's I know this story. This one's based on a true story for Vivian too. And um it's a great story because it worked, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of members, where do they need to be? Yep. Don't stop, doing don't, stop at, don't stop right. Don't stop at the renewal. That's not where they need to be. They need to be beyond that. Like we, you know, that's why renewing was just one of the two steps. The second step is where their where's their real destination needs to be. Yeah, because in your case it was um it was uh classes. Yes, it was classes to keep certification up so that you can continue working in the field. So, yep. So, yeah, it's really important. Tell us about the do's and don'ts, Dev. Yeah, content, do's and don'ts. Um, make sure everything's legit, right? So, copy, copyright, <laughs> copyright laws, doing the right thing. Um, it could be the best photo ever. Um, but if, you know, make sure that you legitimately can use that photo, um, go license things so that you actually can, can do that. Um, so just a quick, because you might have folks that, you know, interns come in, people come in, sometimes it, question what you've been handed. Sometimes it's curated from other people who are like, hey, we want to put this in, but that's not what they do day in and day out. And they might be handing you something that you, you really wouldn't want to be using. So just be mindful of, you know, content and where it comes from and, and is it legit for you to use? I, I, my, the words that just put terror in my heart and sadness in my eyes are, I found this great image on Google. Okay. I'll take <laughs> something like it. Um, and I will say, I've had my copy, copy stolen more than once and put on people's websites. So just don't do it. Um, your content, however, also what must, must focus on your audience, not on you. Um, I did an example. I basically took an actual email, sales email that I got from somebody that was not customer centric. And it's like over the years here, one of the things we've had to learn, I've surveyed hundreds. The answer I get, as I like to say, as someone who runs a lead generation company, I want to show you. I took it this long email all about what he thought of himself, and I wrote it to be much more customer centric and much shorter. Need more leads? You're not alone. The most common answer to what you need to grow your agency is more leads. However, if you're not doing enough with your current leads, 
More leads isn't going to help. So how can you go beyond more leads to doing more with your leads? Shorter, all focused on you and what you need. All you need to do. Yeah, love that. So A-B testing, um, you know, what to test? I mean, most people are like, oh, I test subject lines. And that's the standard answer. But it's amazing how, you know, how you could get a little pop in, in um, engagement with just a different friendly from, you know, if it's coming from a team or department, could it come from an individual? You know, can you test those things? Um, test friendly froms when you're depending on what message you know um you know if, if your subject line is you know an important update from our ceo well then let let that message come from the ceo um versus just the organization uh, length of message worked with um, an executive director who was going after lapsed members and thought a short as in her words short and snappy little message would be far more effective but in reality this audience needed to be talked to a little bit and, and nurtured a little bit and the longer message actually resonated and connected with the things that they were most needing to hear. So if we wouldn't have known that if we didn't do a testing on short versus the longer message um, and certainly calls to actions, you can always, you know, uh, test those button, hyperlink, banner, you know, um, placement, all kinds of things. Plenty of things to test. You can test them till the cows come home. The one thing to remember about testing, though, is at some point you need to make a decision about which one works and stick with it most of the time. Um, so then there's RSS, and I could do entire series on RSS, um, but it stands for really simple syndication. Um, web feed users um, can add these to readers to follow your site, your blog, your podcast. That was the old school method of using it. Um, but it is regaining popularity because it can be everywhere. Um, and there are all these ways to turn it back into content. So you can use it to create and populate newsletters, um, to bring people to community by putting a community, if you have one, putting your RSS feed in your newsletter, um, put, turning it into tweets, all kinds of things. Um, and there's so much you can do with it. But just to give you a newsletter example, um, this is what a newsletter would look like when I set it up in Informs, and it's basically four RSS feeds, that's it. Um, well, there's a banner at the top, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Um, when I turn it, when I actually send it, it looks like this over here on the right, because it's pulling the RSS feed. So this section is, is this right here? Um, this section is this right here? I ran out of room for the feature. Um, and then these are two different RSS feeds that show up down here at the bottom. And then I put a little like, note at the bottom but everything from here to here is just rss feeds um and i could even set this up if i curated the feed well enough i could set it up and just let it run itself every day at noon for like a nice little you know lunchtime newsletter um which would be i mean you could even set it up to run at noon for each zip code if you wanted or not zip code but each time zone um if you wanted to get that granular so every day at noon somebody gets their their lunch feed no lunch news feed that's what it um, yeah, the, the <laughs> All right, web tracking capabilities. So in marketing automation platforms, certainly in Real Magnet and, and, in, and in forms, you can um, enable the web tracking capability, which, you know, moves beyond 
some group of anonymous people visited my page to, hey, Beth visited the page, Vivian's back on the page, because you're sending email, you know the email address, connecting through, so we can associate the, that web behavior back to your permissioned group of audiences. So now you can use that for targeting and giving, and, and, and the reason for web tracking is not just to like, where are people going? It's if they were in front of me and I saw that they were interested in this and they look like they're toying and trying to make a decision, I would absolutely step up and hand and, and make a connection with them and say, oh, I see you're looking at this. You might also be interested in this. Here's the difference between this. I would engage if I could see somebody doing that. So when you see somebody doing it digitally, you know, what what are the things that are worth helping them out with? Those are the things that you would want to do with using web tracking. Web tracking is amazing. So helpful. So the other thing, you obviously want to be mobile friendly. Um, you want to make sure that um, your site, your um, email looks good on like, uh, Gmail, if your computer screen is like 27 inches, or if it looks good on a little tiny, teeny tiny phone that's about this big. Um, so you want to have a version that is got a mobile display. So you have it side by side in the uh, regular email, but on the mobile display, it actually stacks them. Um, so there are and a lot of um, systems actually allow you to do either. So you want to kind of make sure you're making the right choices. Um, I really do appreciate everybody joining us today, too. I know Viv does as well um we love to talk um to people so this is fun um it has definitely been a blast talking about a topic that both of us are just so intimately familiar with and spent so many years doing let alone helping other people with um we live and breathe it and we could definitely spend way more than 30 minutes talking about all the different tips you could use that's all for today everyone hope you enjoyed it and picked up a tip or two if you have any questions after today's episode, feel free to reach us at hlpodcast at hirelogic.com and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. We'll see you next week.